0: text is from John chapter 8, these words, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. So our text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as I have mentioned before, the 7th and 8th grade boys in my confirmation class in the school years ago Now, they really liked, they really liked the Gospel of John, from which our text comes. They really liked that movie, the movie of the Gospel of John I'd show each year to the class, even going so far as to buy their own copies of it, to watch at home. Why did those guys like that movie so much? Taken as it was, word for word, word for word from the Gospel of John. Well, he we had years to reflect upon that, and I, and I think it was because of the courageous Jesus. The courageous Jesus depicted there in John, the evangelist noting the many times Jesus was challenged by the temple authorities, by the Jews, and the many times that Jesus stood up to them stood up to them bluntly with the very word of God, with the truth, and Jesus would not back down. Now, that was appealing to 13 and 14-year-old boys. And I remember at that age that it was appealing to me as well. The courageous Jesus. The Jesus against the world. The Jesus wielding the word of God. The Jesus proclaiming the truth. You see, boys, boys in their early teenage years are all after all usually not known. They're not known, boys that age, for subtleties or sensitivities or their ability to speak appropriately. What comes out of their mouths so often is simply the truth. Mom, that kid smells Did you see her? She has big ears. This assignment is ridiculous. All of course true. Over time, however, we hope we knock that truth out of them, right? Teach them to speak with more tact, to use circumlocution like we do so well here in Minnesota to not state the obvious, to not speak at all if nothing good can be said. And so what happens, of course, is that the truth ends up, oddly enough, being considered something that is not nice, something hurtful even, not socially acceptable. So then, so then the appeal of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Speaking the truth, the truth that, well, hurts. Why do you not understand what I say? Jesus asks the Jews in our text. And then Jesus answers his own question. It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. That's the answer. And What was that word? If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. And that was true. It was absolutely true. Son of God was sent by the Father to become man, to dwell among us, to teach us, to preach to us, to suffer and die for us and rise again from the dead for us. Why? So that we, believing in him, would no longer ourselves be sons and daughters of the devil. Sons and daughters of the devil, but sons and daughters of God. We're coming to that this idea. But his becoming man, it wasn't his idea, the son's, but the father's. And the words that the son was speaking were not his, but those of the father. And we do well to remember this. For when we speak to one another, when we speak to others about the son, about Jesus our Savior, we're not speaking our own words. We're speaking the words of the father. The word of God. That being so, when we can often run into the situation where the person to whom we are speaking cannot bear to hear our words. Our response? A flashback, maybe, to junior high or middle school when we said the wrong thing and all sorts of people got mad at us. No, that's not what's happening. What's happening is that our words about Jesus are being rejected. They are being rejected because they are the Father's words. And the one that is hearing them is not from the Father, but is instead of the devil. Now, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And that is that there is no such thing as an empty soul. For souls will either have the devil or Jesus dwelling within them. So as Jesus put it in the Gospel of Luke, whoever is not for me is against me. is against me. That is, there's no middle ground. That's the truth. That's the hard truth, the offensive truth. For what then does that mean that we do? What can we do? This is true. We're in danger, constant danger. Why? We're surrounded by people daily who are not of the truth don't have Christ within them, whose father is not God, but the devil. So the hymns we sing, I walk in danger all the way. Jesus, Savior, pilot me. A mighty fortress is our God, with the memorable line, though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us. It's not like this has not always been true it's just that we've not been aware of it we haven't been aware of it ignorance is indeed bliss but then again up until now we have not been privy to all the thoughts and ideas and musings of thousands of hundreds of thousands of millions of people around the globe daily as we are now the touch of button on our computers a, a google search a time spent on facebook 20 years ago, we would only be subject to an op-ed piece in a local newspaper to think about, once a week or so, or maybe every other day. and Once in a blue moon, someone might give us a piece of their mind. Now, it's nothing but opinions. Opinions everywhere on everything, from fried chicken to social policies in Iceland, 24, 7, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year. So we have become aware. Aware of the lack of the truth that surrounds us daily. The lack of truth throughout the world. But now that we are aware of it, what's our reaction? What should we do? Batten down the hatches? Run for the hills? Circle the wagons? Withdraw from the world? abandon society? Or do we simply stop speaking the truth? No, we can't do that. We can't do that. We must continue to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that is, share the words of the Father with one another. We must in love speak the truth, speak the truth within the world, which would have us and which would itself live in untruth in non-truth, or denial of the truth. Now, how this all fits together, we we read in Ephesians chapter 4. This is how this all fits together so far. Here's that passage. He who descended, that is, the Son of God, is the one who also ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ till we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now listen up, listen up. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love. We're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. There you have it. We're not to be swayed from the truth of the Son of God, our Saviour. Speaking to us the words of the Father by the deceitful schemes of the world. But more and more to speak to one another the truth in love. So grow in that truth. Grow in that love. Yes, it's, it's frustrating. Extremely frustrating when the world often has it so wrong. It's downright aggravating. What's more, we live here. We live here. We live in the world. Among the people of the world. So many of whom do not have Christ in their hearts. And so whether they know it or not, they are against, against Christ, against Christ and what they say and do. Tempting for us, of course, is to spend so much time listening to and examining and thinking about all the different ways the world is wrong, the world is bad, the world is evil. Of course it is. Of course it is. But, like a professor at the seminary used to say on occasion, we don't need to take our trash can from the side of the road and stick it in the middle of our rooms and stare at it for hours at a time to know that it's full of stinking, rotting garbage. He was at that time referring to a television set. But now we could include our computers, our tablets, smartphones, right? The world is simply not going to receive the word of God, the word of the Father, the Son, the word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because the world is not of the Father. It's not of God. This we simply must accept. It's not because the world is stupid that doesn't get it. It's because it's not of God. Not of the Father. And so rejects the Son. The solution... Not a clever packaging of the Son so that the world is fooled somehow into believing, but proclamation, proclamation, sharing, telling of the Son, of the Word of God, of the Word of the Father, the Word of sin, the Word of death, the Word of condemnation, the Word of redemption, the Word of forgiveness, the Word of salvation, the Word of love, the Word of truth. In Christ there is forgiveness, forgiveness for our sin, daily, hour, hourly, every single minute. So in Christ there is peace. And so in Christ there is love. Christ there is love. This must simply be proclaimed, proclaimed. Like a great piece of music is performed, a great piece of music which every generation of man must first hear to experience and learn. Yes, attempts are made in high school and college classes to convey the greatness of one piece of music or another, but at the end of the day the likes of Bach and Beethoven and Brahms and Vivaldi and Shostakovich and Mahler and Bruckner and Rachmaninoff simply have to be heard. They have to be heard themselves in each new generation of human beings on earth. And each new generation has to discover their beauty and their wonder. And they do. So the word of God, the word of the Father, proclaimed to us by the Son, even more so, Not simply because of its wonder, but because of its use by the Holy Spirit to actually change hearts and souls and minds from being of the devil to being of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.